Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, the three Muslims. Today, brothers and sisters, we are going to go into a really serious topic today. Before marriage, how do we prepare well, Before we begin that, we all took in Yerayim and D for the day. Put it, put it to the camera, bro. Very, very important. We spoke about this. Get your vitamin D. Increase your testosterone levels. What? Only ten ninety nine a month. What are you doing? What are you doing? Preparation for nikah. What does that even mean? Because you know you hear the hadith of the Prophet mentioning to the the shabab, the young, the youth. If you have the ability to get married, get married. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't, then fast. Mm-hmm. For verily, fasting diminishes your sexual power. You hear in Islam, not the Muslim culture, not some other cultures today, but Islamically, where we're supposed to get married young. So why is this preparation thing even necessary? Well, I mean, preparation for anything is necessary. Any mm-hmm. big step, especially the big steps in life, even the small ones, but especially the big steps in life, the big changes, you need some kind of preparation. Uh, if you look at marriage and the rights of your wife or the rights of your husband and the rights of yourself, right, first and foremost, there's a lot. There's a lot to know, there's a lot to consider, and there's a lot to be prepared for. So there's a lot of preparation that goes into it generally. How about you? Yes, we Go on, brother. We're deep in the fast, right? We're starting again. No, I'm starting. Oh, no. Zoom in on his But, uh, yeah, so the question was, why is preparation for nikah necessary when Islamically we're supposed to get married early on, not delay marriage? Okay, so I think it's necessary because it creates a deadline. Like, we all know how important deadlines are, right? If you don't have a deadline, you're not going to get something done. If I tell you, oh, you can get married whenever you want to get married, just make sure you're ready. Like, oh, okay. You don't know what it means to be ready. You're not going to really look for it. You think, oh, I got the time. You know, like, other dudes here are getting married at, like, 30-some years old, 40-some years old. Some not even married at all, bro. So you're thinking to yourself, ah, oh, I got time. I can just chill. I just gotta make sure I'm ready though, that's all. Gotta make sure I'm ready. But what is ready? That's the real question. Like, what is ready? What is ready? Yeah. To answer that, we brought here marriage uh, counselor, Rami, to answer that question, bro. What is a woman? What is a woman? Uh, adult female. Human adult female. Oh, uh, I don't like that, bro. That. But what does it mean to be ready for Nika? Well, I mean, it means a number of things. Um, first and foremost, it's, you have to be in the right place aesthetically. Right, nikah is uh, an Islamic term for first and foremost to uh, kind of not symbolize, but it basically means the coming together of man and woman. It's not linguistically, but this is what it's referred to as the marriage between man and woman in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nikah itself, the kitab is a contract and all that stuff, the ceremony, the beautiful stuff with it. We'll talk about that later. So, to be ready for nikah, you have to be in a good place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your religion first and foremost. If you're not a practicing Muslim, uh, then you don't fulfill you don't fulfill the criteria of the person you want to marry because uh, unless they also don't f- fulfill the criteria then you're both you're both uh, at fault here. The Prophet he said that people will get married for one of four things, all right? Uh, religion, beauty, status, or wealth. He mentioned these these four things. He said if you want to be successful, go for the religion, right? Marry someone for the religion, and he mentioned that character and deen are two of the most important things. 
And the scholars later on, they discuss things like compatibility, so on and so forth, that you must be compatible with them and how important that is as well. So if you yourself are good with the religion, you have good character, you understand your rights, the rights of your wife, and not to get too technical, but these are things you need to know because Allah has ordained them for us within marriage, right? You have to know as a man, you have to have income, you have to be able to provide, to protect, to nurture, to take care of, to be able to raise children, and all of these beautiful things because you know, even if you try not to get pregnant, there's a hadith where someone asked the Prophet about like coitus interrupts. And he said that, like, you can do it, but, you know, Allah will will what Allah wills. If you end up basically impregnating your wife and you have a kid, then Allah SWT has willed that. Mm. So you have to be prepared for that as well. And there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah, 100%. When you said status, did you mean family or? Yeah, like so lineage. I remember family. Lineage, yeah, yeah. Yeah, status is like. Status, lineage, family. Yeah, imagine marrying like a, the elite of society. Right. Mm. You just say it like Andrew Tate. That's all. Gotcha. Oh yeah, yeah. I I usually hear status. Yeah, I usually hear status when you when you say status. Yeah. Status. 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 I was like, uh This is hurrah! Shout out to Andrew Tate. Hurrah! But anyway, uh quickly bro, real quick. One of the four is obviously the most preferred one. Mm-hmm. And that's which one? The religion. Inshallah. So before we get into that, bro. Before you look for a spouse, before you vet a spouse, before we go into intimacy, what do we do to ourselves? Towards it. Yeah, bro. How do we how do we get this preparedness on the way? How do we ready ourselves? So I, I believe there's four different avenues that we need to hit. And y'all tell me if you agree or if you disagree. Alright. You've got the spiritual avenue. You got the physical and mental financial. Would y'all add? Or do y'all think that's spiritual, physical, mental, and financial? I think those are solid pivot points, bro. Yeah. We can work with that. Yeah. So let's start off with the financial. Okay. A lot of guys think that they need to have all the money before they get married. We've realized that this is not the case. Most men have also realized this is not the case. This is not how a lot of those things. But you need to have the intention that you're gonna have the money, right? You need to have the intention that you're gonna be able to support uh, this other person. You need to have also the capability, meaning that you're moving forward in that direction. That looks really weird then from your angle, right? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. It's perfect time too. <laughs> right, so please feel free any of you to jump in. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. I'll jump in here that quick. Go ahead. About the financial specifically, there's a very beautiful verse in the Quran, right? And it kind of gives the opposite approach to what a lot of people think about marriage and money. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe it or not, I think that a lot of people are not familiar with this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, even if two poor slaves mm. marry, get married for the sake of Allah, right, come together for the sake of Allah, Allah will enrich them. Right? This is very opposed to what people say nowadays. You have to have X amount of money, you have to afford a wedding, that's this expensive, you have to invite this many people, and then you have to have a house and two cars and this, that, the other. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the opposite. Even if two poor slaves get married for the sake of Allah, Allah will enrich them. Which doesn't excuse the guy, right? And I don't want I don't want anyone thinking basically what Anhel said about 
you have to have the intention of having the money to mean that, oh, I could screw off, get married, and then worry about finding a job. No, you have to have some kind of income, but you just don't have to have a full, like, you know, uh, six-figure salary a year, uh, a penthouse, <laughs> friggin' a mansion, two Bugattis. You want that all that. Yeah, you don't. You have to have some kind of income, mm. good character, good dean, and... Inshallah, uh, bless you, man. Inshallah. Yeah, yeah, So it's like, that's... I think that's a big problem is we're always thinking like, oh, I gotta be set, I gotta be set, I gotta be set before going in. But thing is like, look, Allah is the one that provides, not you. So you can't think to yourself, oh, okay, I have to be here and then I'll be good to get married. Because then it's like, um, it's kind of like going back to the story of how um, they would kind of like end the lives of their daughters yeah. because they, they couldn't provide for them yeah. or some or their, their children. They were the lives of their children. They were married with Yeah, yeah. But it, that was more so like the status thing. Mm. There, there is a verse in the Quran where Allah SWT says, do not kill your kids in fear of poverty. In fear of poverty. Exactly. I will provide for that's, them. That's what I'm trying yeah. to refer to. Yeah. That's the modern day abortion, bro, that they're just doing yeah. because of, oh, I don't know I can. No, no, Allah will provide stuff for Allah. You should be so, ashamed of yourself. So that right there, bro, like that's what I'm trying to refer to it as like with the finances. Like, look, have the proper niyyah. Be moving in that direction have some source of income but like be very very transparent with the woman that you are trying to get engaged with i mean like if if she if she truly wants the same and she's marrying you not for the money she's marrying you for your deem of your character as well she will understand and she will work with you when it comes to the uh matter and <laughs> paying for nikah doing all this stuff like she'll understand but if you try to stunt you try to act like you have everything it's dangerous bro you don't know if the person wants you for you or for your wallet and that's not a good place to be yeah, facts 100% and if you're talking in terms of savings versus income you're gonna spend all this money on this wedding and not have anything afterwards or worse you'll be in crippling debt afterwards and then your wife is really gonna look at you like boy what the heck did you do so. Quick thing on the mahr thing, yes, it is a woman's right, Islamically speaking, to choose whatever mahr she wants to do. Yeah. But it's our right as men to refuse any mahr that we want to. And Islamically speaking, the sunnah is for the mahr to be as best as possible. Allah puts more barakah in the, in the marriage, and that's how it should be. right? But at the end of the day, if a woman, if a sister does want to have a high mahr, all power to her. No one's going to tell her anything. Right? But as men, we should understand that it's not bad to have more of a mahr than another sister but there's a limit to it bro like where do you draw the line you know this is just me personally speaking i want to ask you guys this question too if all of the variables are, are done aside met she looks the same she's physically attracted to you she has haya you know she's modest she's on dean she wants to be a good mother she's feminine all that stuff is is, is the same what are the ranges of the mahr that you would be comfortable spending on like uh, a, a typical range i think it depends on where i am in life you know if I'm making six figures a year, you know, I wouldn't have a problem keeping my wife, you know, 10K, 20K, whatever, you know? Uh, some, I even mm. heard one sister say like, oh, like, you know, ask for whatever he makes in three months or four months or something like that. I'm not going to say that, do it or don't do it or anything like that. Mm. I think that's a, bit, a little much, to mm. be honest. But um, if I'm a millionaire, you know, I don't think 100,000 is, is a lot of money from a millionaire. See, see, the weird thing is, bro, my answer is not going to change depending on my income level. Yeah, because, yeah. because for me... I don't look at it as a percentage of my income. I look at it as, as a gross net percentage and what I could do with that money instead. If I have a million dollars, yes, for sure, I could give, you know, 100K is chump change. 
However, what if I gave her 10K but gave 90K to build masjids? Like, to me, I look at it like that. So that's why I said a window or a range, meaning kind of where you are now to where you want to be. For me, it would be anywhere from, like, I don't know, like, 3 to 5K. Like, that's that's my window, but I still don't know what you guys have to say. Yeah, so um, I, I do believe that it depends, but I also agree with Fida in the sense that, like, no matter how much money I'm making, it's not going to change that. Mm-hmm. I could be a millionaire, but it's like, what's the money going to be used for? Right. Like, I, I want to know her intention. I want to know what, what she's asking. Because if she's asking me for like 50K mode, why? We're already taking care of her. Like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's true. That's very true. And like, I got to understand. I really want to understand, like, why? Why would you ask me for 50K better? Oh, because I'm a millionaire? What does that change anything? Why, why would you ask me for that? That shows about the character, bro. You know, and, and I've, I've had a woman say like, oh, it, it's like, you basically like, you know, if, if things go sideways, like she has to be taken care of, yeah. like, like she has to travel, or she has to do this, and she has to like, and if, she, if you have kids, like she has to take care of kids, like, look, I get that. But you shouldn't be going into it even with that thought of like, Oh, what if it doesn't work out? I, I get we should, yeah, have, yeah, we should have an escape route. We should not. But in in this case, realistically speaking, what's needed is not as much as what a woman might throw out. A woman might say, oh, 50K. And then a woman might actually say the, the, the thing of like, oh, well, I need to keep my life going exactly the same as mm. how it was when I lived it. Mm. Like if you're a millionaire, you're obviously gonna be living like more like, nice than yeah. who's making like thirty k, forty k a year. Um, that's just facts. Unless you're very like frugal with your money, right? And like at this point, like you can't leave the man and then also expect that type of lifestyle. Some degree. Well, and 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 one more thing, I just wanted to quickly jump in with the thing with matter is, you know what, bro? That I forgot my whole phone, bro. Um, uh, at this, like we're sitting, we're guys, right? We're sitting here saying, like, you know, it shows a lot of character in the woman, but a woman would say it also shows a lot of character in the man. He's a billionaire, he's a millionaire, but he's not willing to give fifty thousand dollars. You know, how well is he actually going to treat me in marriage and so on and so forth? So mm-hmm. I think it's it's fair to at least look at it from that perspective. Right? That's true. And um, I, you know, Allah, I don't teach their own. If you know, you find a sister. You know, I think I think to each their own. Actually, if if I'm a millionaire and a sister wants fifty k, I'm okay with that. It shouldn't be an issue. Uh, but if you want a sister that's not willing to accept more than a K, 5K, 10K, uh, then go for that. Go for that. There's no issue with that because both men and women have the right to, to choose what they want. I think there's even, I think there's a verse in Quran where Allah SWT tells the men to, you know, or at least encourages men to give a generous matter, right? It's, and I'm not giving any yeah, definitely disregard what I'm about to say mm-hmm. until you confirm it, right? But it kind of seems like Allah encourages the men to give. It encourages the women to ask for a little. So you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's no stress on either parties. But it seems like now there's the opposite. Women are asking for so much and men don't want to give anything at all. Yeah. See, so it depends. Linguistic dowry is a gift. You know, it's not... See, I, I, I agree with both of y'all. I agree with that. It doesn't have to just be money. Yeah, I agree with Alan in the sense that it, it, it is a gift. It shouldn't, you know, it, it's not going to change much because it's like, yeah, too much. It's like it's out of line. But I agree with Rami in the sense that if you do have a lot of money, it's easier to give that, that mahr. It's not, like, if you have $50,000 as like yearly annual gross income, mm-hmm. you have no reason to, to take a $50,000 mahr to go into riba loans for that. None of that. Mm-hmm. If you're a millionaire, sure, sure. 
Yeah. You can you can pay that for the amount, but context that, that's what matters yeah, at the end of the day. One hundred percent. And um, I, I do want to jump in and say on the whole divorce issue, um, that kind of thinking. Right? I'm not saying I don't know what you guys' opinions on this are, but for any men out there, that line of thinking can't be used unless you would not put a prenup in your in your contract mm-hmm. or in whatever you know you sign. Because if you're if you're a man thinking you know if we get divorced I'm gonna lose half of my stuff therefore you put a prenup then you can ask the same thing why are you going to with that kind of mentality that what if it ends in divorce and at the same time Islamically it's it's easier for a man to leave a woman than it is for a woman to leave a man Islamically a woman doesn't have the right to actually just be like you know I don't want to be with you peace out unless there's a reason for it and if there is no reason she has to actually give up her man right but if you you know forego her rights you don't give her her rights you know for example you're like listen you're ugly i don't want to be with you i'm not going to be intimate with you but i'm not going to divorce you so i can keep half my stuff you know whatever it is um then a woman actually has a right islamically not talking legally in the west but islamically to divorce you for taking away her rights and she gets to keep her man mm-hmm. but if she's like listen you know i'm not feeling it anymore blah, 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 whatever whatever and i'm not giving you fucking <clears throat> again but generally speaking she can't leave but she'd have to give up the man so now that all that's out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, let's go into preparedness for the Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, boy. We forgot to add mm. that the man doesn't have to be. It doesn't. Mm. I don't know who said it has to be anything dollar. Yeah, because it could be a service. It could be... Service. Like, give me an example of a service. It could be a service, like... You're doing something for it. Or family. Or an act of service. Right? And it's like, what, what, wasn't it one of the Sahaba that, like, he didn't have any money, but, like, he could recite um, certain surahs, yeah? I'm not sure. Um, I do remember the story of Musa Alisana. Obviously, I'm not saying we could take the rulings from prophets from the past, right? I'm not saying that's a, uh, that's a uh, what's it called, uh, a source of Shriya here, yeah. right? But uh, Musa Alisana in the Quran, uh, he agreed to work for one man for yeah, X amount of years. Yeah. And he, he Active married his service. Mm-hmm. Active service. Mm-hmm. You got the one who gave the shield. Yeah, that was, I think, Ali radiallahu the daughter of the Prophet Cattle or livestock, land. There's a lot of units, bro. A lot of currency than just dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah that, that was a slight twist because we were talking about finances and mm-hmm. ended up going to the matter. Yeah. Um, but just to like tie it all in with the finances. Having the uh, be actually doing something to make money mm-hmm. and don't get comfortable. We made an episode about finances a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you should see that up. Like keep your we we had this brother on here. Not a lot of y'all like the the, the brother himself. May Allah bless him. He had mentioned something that was very beneficial, and they said um, there's no such thing truly as maintenance. You either have your foot on the gas. You have your foot off the gas. You're either progressing or regressing in life. There is no maintenance. Exactly. Maintenance is a myth. That's exactly. what he said. And it's facts. Exactly. We still talk about that line till this day, bro. That you share with us. And it's, it's hikmah, bro. It's wisdom. Yeah. Because whatever you're doing in life, you're either progressing or regressing, especially financially. And the thing with financially is it's like a train. When you shut off the engine to a train, a second later, it's still perceivably traveling as fast as it was when you shut it off, before you shut it off. Five seconds later, it's probably still looking the same, but a couple seconds later, a couple minutes later, then it's gonna be a noticeable change, right? And the thing with finances is, you don't, if you're already making 50K a week, 50K a month, like you're not gonna notice anything right away if your business starts dwelling, you know, going down. Your business is gonna look the same, your banks are gonna look comfortable, you know? But a couple of weeks, couple of months, even even a year, it might take two years, five years, then you notice the change, it's, it's already too late, bro, at that point. That's facts. Yeah, that's facts. 
So that takes care of the financial. Right? Does it? Does it? Yeah, it does. I mean, reason. like, look, if they're trying to get more information on financial, they can watch the video we made on finance. We're just trying to lay out uh, the foundation, the avenues here that are most important before getting married. And I want to say one thing too. Yes, we'll talk about this after too. But financially speaking, like, you should you should be able to provide the basic things that Allah has made obligatory for men, the capability-wise. So you know provisioning, protection, like, like housing, food, all that type of stuff, medical expense, all that type of stuff, whatever, the fifth things you can, but you should also have disposable income coming in, extra stuff to take her out for dinner, let's say go on dates, go to trips, you know, spend money on her, like treat her good, don't be stingy and cheap like a miser, you know, like invest in your family, bro, your family's like a garden, either you reap what you sow, which is going to be good, or you reap what you sow, which is not going to be good, and you want the fruits of your labor, right? Something that I was thinking about just now is that I think one of the best investments for us is our spouse. Yeah. 100%. You know, and it's not just investing like money, but like the time that you invest into them. Yeah. Right? Like the emotion that you invest into them. And like, well, like it all just, it's a complete return. Like what you give to them, like you're receiving, you complete that. I went, to, not more. I went to my, one of my boys in the cat and the chef was saying, before, you know, while he was giving his, his, his speech, he was saying that when you're looking at one another, you you either see your paradise or your hellfire. And it's facts, bro, because if you oppress someone, man or woman, it's not looking good for you. But if you treat them good, it could be a means to paradise, bro. If you're serving them, if you're, if you're going above and beyond to please them, if you're looking out for them, if you're fulfilling their rights, A lot of men, inshallah, I hope, inshallah, will find that their wife becomes like a, a good backbone for them, like a good foundation. Mm. Like a Hadith. Yeah. Exactly. Inshallah. being said, we got the spiritual, we got the mental, and we got the physical. The physical stuff, I want to jump into next. We yeah. did talk a little bit about it a couple episodes ago, obviously. But just to go a little deeper into this, um, I'll, I'll say three things and I'll pass it on. Number one, uh, physically get to a point where you're at least comfortable with how you look without clothes, right? So you're comfortable with your misses, um, if you're men and women vice versa. Uh, so this is number one. Number two, try to get rid of any type of physical health conditions that might get in the way of your marriage. Let's say you have erectile dysfunction. Let's say you have some other stuff, you know, get all this stuff sorted out. And then number three for physically, you want to make sure that you're six feet tall. If you're not, this doesn't apply to you. You already lost. Get out of your blow. Just take a black pill. You're not getting married ever, bro. Who's next? <laughs> take that back, man. Love it. Yeah, so they, they might take it seriously, bro. Listen, you don't have to be six feet tall. You just got to be 5'11". That's it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. You, height doesn't matter, I mean. Allah, Allah made us all in, in different yeah. shapes and sizes, so shapes and you've got like you've got women out here that are like four foot eleven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, women that are five foot twelve. Five foot twelve, yeah. six foot. No, nah, but uh, you know the thing. All the women I know that are six feet, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm like five twelve. They don't want to say six feet, bro. Uh, that's so <laughs> dumb. Yeah, but is there anything else for physical? Do let me know. Yeah, there is. For a man, a man should be able to defend himself and his wife. Yeah. I think this is very important. Because if if you're a man and you lack disability, uh, it's gonna show in your character. It's gonna show in your actions, your body language, like when you get into these situations or when something's arising, 
or someone is around you that maybe they're threatening, uh, you you body language is gonna show that you body language is gonna show that you you're you're scared mm. and you feel threatened and you're gonna start closing off, like you might start slouching more. You might, <laughs> you might start, uh-huh. yeah, you cross your arms, you, you, you might, like, your voice might get a little, a little soft. Uh, I was thinking that same song, bro. Uh, nah, but you, your voice might get a little, like, higher pitched and stuff like that, so, mm-hmm. listen, if I was a woman and my man and I saw my man acting this way, I would be pretty damn scared. And dry. Yeah, I would I would actually be more scared than dry. I would be like, what did I do? I made a mistake. Yeah. Like, if something happens, like, I'm not safe. God forbid you have kids. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that can't protect you. That's the only way. So, as a man, please, like, ensure that you are taking adequate measures to learn how to defend yourself. Learn how to use your body, you know. You can learn martial arts separately. You do, like, more time. Because in Jitsu, those are very, very good as a base. But if you want to know more of like the uh, bare bones type stuff, you can get into, if I remember correctly, it's called. It's not about martial arts? It's a martial arts. Kramaga, yeah. Kramaga is very legit because it's, it's allowing you to build more spatial awareness. Uh, spatial awareness, uh, situational awareness, and understand like your surroundings and how to use the things around you. Whereas like martial arts is good. It's definitely teaching you a lot of technique to, you know, showing you how to do a lot of stuff. But it's like, let's be honest, like if you're gonna fight someone, like I'm sorry, but if if I wasn't gonna fight someone, it's not gonna be like, mm. I'm not trying to like, like go like, <laughs> hit for hit. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to take them on. I'm trying to put them to sleep. It's one or the other. I agree. You know, and 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 for anyone saying, "Oh, this is not part of Islam. Islam's about peace." Listen, bro. <laughs> listen, we're not saying violence. And 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 listen, you gotta be capable of violence. That's all we're saying. At the end of the day, in Islam, we cannot be the transgressor. We cannot be the person that you know hits first unjustly. We have to be able to defend ourselves. And I know a lot of a lot of women folk grow, a lot of our sisters and aunts and mothers are gonna be watching and say, Oh yeah, but in an ideal world, no one's even supposed to be listen, cut this ideal PS out. We're gonna get invaded, we're gonna get, you know, countries are gonna come for us or, or other nations are gonna come for us, other people are gonna affect us, they're gonna come at us. Listen, the reality is you can be nice, you can be a pacifist, you can have this whole, you know, nice and, and rainbows and sunshine type of mentality, but you can't guarantee every other man is going to be like that. So at the end of the day, it's just being ready in case it gets to that. And then not wondering, oh, I don't have, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And if you look at like a lot of these people, you know, depending on where they're from, a lot of the time, the reason they're Muslim to begin with is because there was violence in that land. Muslims mm-hmm. tried to come deliver the message they didn't want it. And then there were war broke mm-hmm. out and so on and so forth. And then message got delivered eventually yeah. you, know, you wouldn't even be a Muslim saying there's no such thing as violence in Islam if it wasn't for that yeah, yeah, look at the stories of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu the Sirahs bro like you need to know these things yeah and I want to hit on this point that Faya said like your body should be good you should look in the mirror and you should like what you see because if you like what you see partners going to like what they see and this is very important because this is what um, translates into sexual attraction to one another mm. and that will lead to the intimacy component and the intimacy we all know how important this is 
a lot of a lot of people want to write off as no, it's not that important. Like, oh no, it's about loving each other. Yeah, it's about respecting each other. It's about having communication. Communication. Listen, this these are all important, but like if you remove the intimacy, like you no longer have marriage, you don't have a relationship, you have a friendship. <laughs> all those things you just mentioned will go out the window. Yeah. Intimacy. Yeah. It will be gone. But if you have intimacy and most of those things aren't there necessarily, I've seen couples where it works. Yeah. I've seen yeah, couples where develop. it works. It's very rare though. What? It will, I'm saying these things will develop. I've seen couples where it works though. Not all of them. Where they don't have intimacy? No. I said I've seen couples where they have intimacy and barely anything of the other stuff. Oh, okay. And I've seen them and it works, bro. Yeah, yeah. But you can't go the other way around. I've seen couples with all of the things you mentioned, yeah. bro. All of the, the things our parents told us to have with women, bro. They don't have the intimacy. Yeah. The one thing our parents didn't talk to us about because they were maybe too shy about it. And I'll bless them though regardless. It's not gonna work, bro. Yeah, what what we're not told is that when you're intimate, like it puts the man in his masculine and it puts the woman in her feminine. But when that's when that dynamic is put on Isn't that misogynistic, bro? I don't care. Okay. Once that once this dynamic is put on, like it's exactly how it should be. Mm. Therefore, the respect comes. Yeah. Therefore, mm. the communication comes. Mm. Therefore, like the actual, you know, like cuddling, you know, the whole frame is different. Bro. It comes naturally, mm. and like if there is none of that, if you don't have that frame, like a frame control is gonna be way more different or way more difficult, I should say. Mm-hmm. And if if you guys aren't being intimate, like y'all are gonna be arguing. Let's mm-hmm. Like, bro, like, do you want to get married so that you can argue? Nah, bro, you got your mom. You got your, you got your family, but you can argue with them if you really wanted to. I don't argue with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, nah, that's a proper man right there, bro. Mashallah to that. If, you, if it does get to an argument, you know, make up intimacy is proper. But yeah, you know, that's just plain. Yeah, aside from that, you know, arguments, yeah, we'll talk about that later too. I see too many men arguing. This needs to end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This this itself is an issue. They literally sound like females. Oh, oh this whole lot. That's the mental. That's the mental. We'll wait for that. Okay, so. What else for physical, bro? Physical, we got the body. We got self-defense. What else did you say? Oh, I said the body part. You said self-defense. You said a few of them. I had added on self-defense. And then I was just kind of like elaborating on one of the ones that you said. I think. Another thing for body is medical conditions, physically speaking. If you have, and and here's the thing, you got some autoimmune disorder, you got some like really serious stuff. I'm not saying you got to get that handled. A lot of these you can't, right? But let's say, for example, I've seen too many people like, oh, they have this bad shoulder, this bad thing. They might need surgery. They might need rehab. Yo, get these things checked out, bro. Can't perform the natural obligation when these things are in the way. Yeah, that's um, that actually leads into the mental because if you have these physical issues and you're not taking care of them, like, it's going to affect you mentally. Mm-hmm. And it affects you mentally, like, you're going to treat your, your wife very differently. And if you have mental things before the marriage, oh, oh that's, that's a game changer, bro. It's even worse, man. Like, I remember this one brother. <laughs> he was uh, he was in this relationship. Everything was good. He ended up getting a spinal injury. Like, he, he ended up getting a herniated disc. And, bro, like, he stopped working out. He wasn't able to work out for like six months. Really, he could have been back in the gym in like a few weeks if he knew what he was doing. But he didn't start. He didn't work out for like six months, and clearly that got to him. 
clearly because mentally like he wasn't the same he was like tripping more he was arguing more he was in his feminine like he was just complaining all the time because I remember like you we talked about this when you work out you feel good yeah. you know if you're not working out you don't feel good <clears throat> you feel kind of like trash so yeah. it's like bro his relationship went downhill and they ended up you know splitting Man, it shows how important the physical is. Boy, that's, that's all I gotta say. 100%. I think that's a good segue into the mental stuff now. Yeah. So let's start with that, Shalom. Shalom. Take it away. Take it away, boy. I was talking about Anna, okay, but it's gonna. So, I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, mentally speaking, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, be feeling masculine, being in your masculine energy, whatever you wanna call it. Uh, just being a man, right? The man should have a very, if this is the correct word, stoic mentality. Right? They should be very firm in what they think, what they believe, but at the same time open to being corrected if they're wrong. Right? Mm-hmm. We talked about good men and men who are good at being men. You need to have both. You need to be a good man who has his, his you know, mentality and perspective, something that is Islamic, what the Prophet had, and also have the uh, mental and uh, char- uh, character, or I guess characteristics in general, that the Prophet had himself. So I, th- I think I would start there and kind of advising men to read the sirah, see how the Prophet was with his wives, what he was like, and uh, try and implement that as much as possible before you get married. And when you're at a point where you can interact with your family, with other Muslims, with this correct personality, mentality, character, then you can begin to say, okay, inshallah, I'm, I'm ready to have a wife. You know, that's a real challenge. Inshallah. That's wisdom, bro. I'm there, I'm just going to add. I want to say, for mental, that's why I kept going. But for mental, have read books, bro. Read, but you don't have to be the most intellectual, learned personnel here. But read books, understand the world around you that you navigate, right? You're not trying to be finessed. Understand what's what, just like Brother Rami was saying. Mm-hmm. But definitely have maturity. And a lot of maturity does come from education and studying and learning things, right? You don't have to, I'm not saying you necessarily have to go to school and then in an academic realm, but you should learn female psychology, male psychology, human psychology. Mm-hmm. You should learn about social psychology. You should, psychology is an important thing, right? You should learn about, you know, finance and just, just know the world around you. You're not going to know without learning, right? Which is why I'm also, I'm pro women that go and learn. You know, I'm not saying necessarily to go to education and expense of starting a family or anything like that, but definitely learn, bro. You got to know your religion, know the world around you as much as you can correctly, inshallah. So I think for the mental thing, that's important. And also develop mental toughness, right? If you have a dopamine problem, head over to my boy on house channel, A-A-N-G-H-E-L, right? And you got some dopamine detox videos, inshallah, watch some of those. Don't be addicted to your phone and all of this. That's one thing too. Mentally, you want to be distraction free when you got a marriage, when you got a spouse. Nothing kills anything than two people. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Marriages where there's two people, right? You got a man and a woman sitting in a room together. The guy's on his laptop, she's on her laptop. Or he's on his phone, she's on her phone, right? He's just doing his thing. Let's say he's studying, she's doing her thing. She's just, you know, on her browsing Ikea.com or something like that. There's no tension there. There's no chemistry there. There's no sexual 
anything there. It's just two people, like roommates in a room, doing their own individual things, but in each other's presences because they want to still have this facade of, of quality time. But that's not quality time. That's, that's not even present time. And the reality is a lot of people, a lot of men, This is, I'm, I'm talking to you men, that mentally you tell yourself, oh, you know, I want, I want to, I, I feel guilty about giving my family time, so I'll just do my business calls while I'm in the room with them. I'll just edit these videos while I'm with them, or I'll just do X, Y, Z while I'm with them. But the reality is, I would rather you tell them you're busy, be in the office or somewhere else, get that stuff done, then spend less quantity of time, but it's more quality and you're fully present. Nothing kills it more than the phone, trust me. Yeah, yeah, and just to jump on that quickly, this is not to say that there should never be a time when you're both in the same room. Oh, doing your own thing. Yeah. It's just what he's what he's saying as far as I could tell is that it shouldn't always be like that. Definitely not. Most of the time that you're in the same room with them, you should have some kind of nice, proper quality time, attention, tension, love, mercy, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be tension. I'm not saying anytime you're with your wife it should always be intimacy. No. Do stuff with them, watch, you know, movies with them or cuddle or like, you know, do talk about stuff, have deep conversations. But there's so much idle time where a woman is just on her device, a man's on his device, no one's in the room present, and they just all it does long term is it desensitizes y'all to be in the same vicinity of one another, but not doing anything with one another. Therefore, it's easy to see couples that both have careers spending 60 hours a week, you know, they see each other in the morning, they bump heads during breakfast. They do their own thing. They come at the end of the day. Good night. They go to sleep. Yeah. This is being normalized. And I have uh, one more thing I want to talk about when it comes to mental. Uh, there's no shame in going to like Angel's channel and uh, or coming to our channel or asking us, right? And getting coached. A lot of men, unfortunately, don't know how women work. They still watch mm-hmm. movies and think, oh, that's how women are. And some note related though. A lot of, I've even thought of myself doing this, bro. We will watch these dramatic freaking scenes where a woman yells at the man and the man yells back and they're so angry yelling back and forth and bring that into our lives. If you watch a drama show, you will be dramatic as hell. You will, like, whether you realize it or not, will be acting like this freaking dramatic main character on this drama queen show. You don't want to be like that. No. You don't. You want to be like the brothers here, mashallah. You want to be like the like uh, brother Gabriel. But definitely, guys, get your mental health and mental game in check. Don't be this freaking crack that wakes up first thing you do, you go on your phone. I know we're, we're prone to that sometimes. And last thing you do before bed is also on your phone. But listen, dopamine detox is important. Being able to disconnect from dunya and being present with family, very important. Um, and I think lastly, for mental, I was going to say something real quick. Go for it, bro. Well, I was going to say for what you were saying. Is that there's a time and place for everything. Hundred percent, very important. Hundred percent. We gotta realize that. Hundred percent. And um, I'd say the biggest thing for the mental part is just keep working on yourself. Mm-hmm. Keep going. You know, like don't stop. Don't think that you are set. It's, it goes back to the thing like don't take your foot off the gas. Right, you got your foot on the gas for your finances. Yeah, your foot should also be on the gas for your mental health, for your physical health, for your spiritual health, everything. Like, we should always be moving forward, like, and mentally, like, we can think we're all right, but if you're not doing that inner work, if you're not constantly, like, every day, like, reflecting and just, like, seeing where you're at, processing everything that's going on in your mind, like, 
you could be actually pretty damn turbulent. Mm-hmm. Not even realizing all it takes is one thing to fully set you off. Mm-hmm. And like you don't want that in a relationship. That's just it's not good. It's not mm-hmm. good to be in that turbulent state. Because mm-hmm. God forbid a lot of people take it out on their spouse, on their family. And I think if you ever hit your wife, raise your hand on your wife, um, or your kids unjustly, bro, you're a weak man. Trust yeah. me, you're literally weak. Even even justly, bro, we shouldn't hit our women, bro. What is what is going on, man? Like, we need a whole episode now on domestic abuse and all this yeah. stuff coming up too. But on your kids too, listen, I'm from a generation where disciplining your kids physically was necessary at times. Mm-hmm. And I know today you got the whole woke culture they're gonna say oh my god you know your kid's gonna call uh cops on you listen i'm not pro or anti but all i'm saying is you want to be the type of father that your kids act in a way that they don't even want to see inside of you where you raise your hand they don't even want to push you to that point they're going to respect the bounds before you show them the bounds and i think that's the type of type of frame you want to have as a father yeah something that i heard earlier about say a long time ago where um if you are a very like nice person but then like when something happens you flip and you become like this monster this like tyrant he's like really you're not you're not alpha you're beta and i know we're not talking about alpha beta yeah but i was like just think about it like if you're a proper man and like something bothering you you're gonna be assertive you're gonna be expressive about it yeah not gonna get emotional Mm-hmm. See, like, how emotional is it if, like, you're a nice person and out of nowhere something gets you mad and you flip? You get home somewhere where they're like, yo, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. You know, so it's like. That's that's why we hate these alpha beta terms because they're cringe, but, bro, at the end of the day, we're just talking about alpha being someone that's assertive, says what he says when he means it, yeah. and a beta is repressing, doesn't. So, and what Elliot was saying, essentially, if I'm correct, was if you're an alpha usually all the time, and you beta up or soften up every now and then, it's it's more like valuable and people believe it. But if you're beta all the time, 24-7, and you try to act alpha every now and then, it's kind of like no one takes you seriously at that time. You're, you're acting out of pocket at that point. Yeah, bro, for a long time, I used to see anger as like, like bro, right? if someone was angry, I would be like, oh, damn, like, this, this <laughs> I got some bonus. You know, it's like, I, I went through like that abuse as a kid, I told you all this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, experiencing that anger 24 seven, although I guess this is what a man is. Mm-hmm. I guess this is what like masculinity is anger. Right. But then it's like, the more I go, I, I, I experience more anger and even anger myself for such a long time. And I realized like, damn, like men, when they're in such an angry place, they're so emotional. Yeah. And usually when someone's coming at me, like very angry, Oh man, I can't really respect that. Yeah. I can't really respect that. And I imagine like you're a father, you have kids, and you're like shouting at them, yelling at them, like throwing everything, and like basically over here hitting them. It's like, yeah, you're instilling fear into them, but at the same time, like you're not instilling respect. And respect will come when, like, like you said, you you can show this without even getting angry. Like it could just be like one little look and they know like, oh, I, I better get my together here. Cause if not, things are gonna- Oh, let me go finish. Yeah, things are gonna get real nasty if I don't, you know? So I think it's very important. So we'll be talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the financial, physical, then the mental, right? 
we're, we're kind of going from least important to most important if y'all haven't noticed it by now but lastly the most important spiritual espiritual say that one more time bro espiritual 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 this in my opinion is the most important on the you all say the same right definitely yeah because I mean imagine you have the best like the things that we just mentioned but you didn't have the spiritual you didn't have the connection with Allah no uh, not having the spiritual actually makes it difficult to have the other things. Yes. Also, like firstly, look at mental. You know, how can you have a good, proper perspective mentally if you're not no. spiritually spiritual connected with Allah? You have a good connection with Allah. You at least have that spiritual perspective on life, right? Likewise, Allah might bless you with you know finances and a good body and even a good mental state. Allah Adam. Um, although, actually, I take back the mental state part. You can't. I don't believe you can have a good, proper mental outlook on life or anything without. Having a good connection with God, Allah with us. So I remove that, I take that back, retract that. But physically and financially, Allah may bless you, right? Allahu Adam. But are you really deserving of those blessings? There's going to be barakah in that, in that physicality and the finances and all that. If you're not, you know, spiritually invested in worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I doubt it. Yeah, when you get tested, mm. if you don't have the tawakul, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, like, when I was a Muslim and I was being blessed with, like, certain things, Bro, like, it, when it got stripped away, like, I was just, like, I was panicking, bro. I didn't know how to handle that. So, it's like, now as a Muslim, whether something is given to me or whether something's taken away, I said, alhamdulillah. I'm grateful for that, you know? And, like, that that adds to the mental health. That adds to the physical, to the financial, all this other stuff. So, bro, I don't know if I'm the only one, but we went through a long day of fasting. I don't like to think it was the pop best. I can only think about that. <laughs> so, um, I can taste it right now. I can I taste it too. You want to tell them what we ordered? Got a, a Popeye's chicken sandwich, spicy. And we got, I got a four-piece uh, combo. But I'm going to be giving him my biscuit and my, my side because I'm on keto. Cajun and fries. Black and ranch. There we go. But I mean, okay. aside from this, what else spiritually? I mean, the term spiritual is very general. Right? Mm. I think we should break down spiritual what it means. Um, we don't mean this is kind of new age stuff. Like, no, no, be in touch with your We're stuff. talking about inner spirituality plus religiosity, obviously. Yeah, yeah, or spirituality framed within religiosity, or framed from Islam. Quran, mm. exactly. Quran, that's what we mean. So you know, have your obligatory um, taken care of. Fast your Ramadan. Pray your five days alone. Basic, yeah. Give you zakat. Um, obviously have the shahada that should be the first one I should imagine right the shahada shahada Rasulullah and um, go to hajj if you can once in your lifetime and travel with your wife as well if you have these you enjoy good and forbid evil you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't associate partners with him uh, then inshallah your bare minimum is covered and then the beautiful hadith of Prophet Prophet he mentions that the most beloved acts of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ones that are obligatory and then he mentions the servant gets closer and closer and closer to Allah with voluntary acts of good. And that's when you strengthen the relationship with Allah. And you get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love you more and be more pleased with you. And when you're at that point, then you're really excelling. MashaAllah. I mean, Allah allows us to get to that point. I mean, Well, I just think about it, man. Like, the best times in your life are when you were closest to Allah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, like, the other night, man. Fight and I did uh, a little meditation and we just Fajr before Fajr. Uh, Fajr. Fajr. Before Fajr? Yeah. Beautiful, bro. 
I like you even mentioned it himself. I like it just kind of hit differently. Yeah, it's just a, it's a different vibe, you know. And like, now imagine that like you're treating all your prayers in this way. Imagine you getting like that deep. No trouble prayer. prayer. Bro, like when I was in Thailand and I was praying at the masjid, mm-hmm. every single prayer and doing tahajjud mm-hmm. every single night. And I don't say this in any way, shape, or form. Both I say this to just share with you guys how beneficial and how amazing it felt to do this. Like, bro, like I literally felt like I was on cloud nine. And like, no matter what happened, everything was good. I just felt super connected to Allah. And like, it's like every little thing that was happening, it's like I was just seeing like all, like, it's weird. We usually look back in time when we can connect the dots, right? Bro, I was in such a crazy, like, I guess an Iman, whatever you want to call it, that like, it's like I was connecting the dots like right there in front of my eyes as I was seeing everything. It was beautiful. Allah, it was beautiful. So it's like, imagine that. Imagine now, right? You take care of the, the spiritual. You take care of the physical. You take care of the mental. You take care of the financial. Would you or would you not say you are now more than ready to be married? Yeah. More than ready, bro. 100%. 100%. More than ready. 100%. If Allah wills, inshallah, y'all can have a pretty successful marriage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a wonderful family and, and what's it the world, bro? The the coolness of our of our eyes. Oh yeah, may Allah grant us spouses and children who will be the coolness of our eyes. And um, I believe the ending of it is allow us to be leaders for the righteous. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Allah. And with that being said, you have everything needed as a man to get yourself ready before marriage. And remember, it is encouraged. Actually, no, it is, is, is mandatory. What? It's what you gotta say what it is first, bro. For us to get married, yo. It's not, oh, it's no, encouraged. Encouraged, yeah. Encouraged. Yeah. Encouraged. encouraged to get married, yo. Alhamdulillah. But, with that being said, Allahumma atina fil dunya hasana wa fil akhirat hasana wa kina adar binar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.